Join us today for an action-packed episode of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, where we review the 2023 season for the Los Angeles Dodgers. You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Locked On Fantasy Baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball podcast brought to you by Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, you're, we're your number one source for all your fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Matthew Onay, and you can find us on all social media platforms and podcasting apps or wherever you may listen. Please leave us a five-star rating and review, if you can, on Apple or Spotify, or wherever you may listen, it would be deeply appreciated. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to click the bell below. That'll subscribe you to the channel and also give you a notification every time we drop a new episode. So, please do that today. Also, if you can, and if you want a little bit more in-depth personalization, check out us, Check out the Diamond Club on Subtext. It gives you all the direct access to us you would want, plus a whole lot of more features and benefits for joining that you can't get in this 30-minute podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase Jace Case, providing you with personal supply of five antibiotics that treat up to 50-plus prescriptions. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-E-S-E, medical.com. All right, guys, we have a good one today. And we're going to be talking about the Dodgers. There's a lot of fantasy-relevant players on this team. Uh, a lot of question marks surrounding some of these players as well. We're going to get into it. And let's just talk about the Dodgers as a whole. Great season, as always. They, you know, did their thing. 100 wins, 62 losses. Like, you know, tied for number two best team in the league. Like, I mean, hey, they're great. And they have a lot of superstars. Even with all the injuries they experienced throughout the year. Like, their team is just stellar. And unfortunately, they met their demise against the Diamondbacks. So, you know, it's just one of those years where the team's hot and they took them out in the playoffs. But ultimately, they had a phenomenal season. And a lot of their players were very valuable for fantasy this year. And we're going to get into the one that was the most valuable, in my opinion, at least. And that's Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman, best first baseman in all the league. I mean... I don't think there's anybody that's picking another first baseman over him these days. He had an incredible season uh, after having a down year last year, but I would say that was, again, more to the tune of new team, new year, which is our favorite rule on this team because it usually stands true. Freddie Freeman was known for a lot better than what he performed last year and definitely came back out this year and showed why he got paid the big bucks and why he's the best first baseman in the league. With 637 at-bats, he had 131 runs, 59 doubles, two triples, 29 bomberamas, home runs if that if you couldn't catch on, 102 ribs, 23 stolen bases, which is a career high, and 72 walks to 121 strikeouts with an amazing average of 331. A career high, and honestly, last year <laughs> was his career high before this year, which is absolutely bananas. Freddie Freeman just is an incredible player. The dude is just always in 
always performing. Even in a down year last year, he still had a lot of bright spots. It would just, honestly, it was the power number that really took the dip last year. And now I'm impressed that he he decided to add 10 more stolen bases to his season. And that's also his career high. So way to go. I guess the bigger bases really were more enticing for guys to steal. And Freddie Freeman definitely benefited from that. I don't know if the 23 stolen bases are absolutely repeatable for next year, if I'm really looking at things. But, I mean, even if he walks away with with a good old 15 to 17, like, you, you're really happy with it. You know, he's definitely not a true five-category contributor, but he's definitely no schlep. And he's definitely going to have some, uh, you know, an elevated value next year. And honestly, there's no reason you shouldn't draft this dude in the first round. I'm really excited to see what this team is going to do next year as a whole, who they're going to bring in, because you know, the Dodgers always buy somebody. The question is, is it Otani? Is it another big name? Are they going to bring back Bellinger? Who knows? But all I know is if they can add another big back to this lineup, Freddie Freeman is 100% going to benefit from the addition. I apologize about my family out there. I got a two-year-old and she just, you know, does whatever she wants. But anyway, Freddie Freeman, um, my number one, and I believe Dom's number one first baseman without question, without a doubt. Freddie Freeman is incredible. Now, let's talk about Mr. Mookie Betts. Mookie is incredible. We're going to talk about his stats in just a minute, but I want to talk about, you know, all his wonderful, wonderful availabilities if you play in Yahoo. And some other leagues, too, and some other platforms, too. But specifically Yahoo, he has some crazy, crazy positional eligibility. And I believe it's uh, second. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at my kid. Um, it is second short in outfield. I mean, those are cheat codes at second base. Because you're not going to get a second baseman that's going to perform this well. I don't care who it is out there. There's some potential for some dudes to eventually become that guy. But, I mean, Mookie Betts is the guy. He's him. Like, there is nobody else. So, to have him at second base is just unreal. And then they add in, okay, let's just throw in another cheat code at second base. But, I mean, it's shortstop. But, I mean, hey, it is what it is. Mookie Betts is just incredible. Now, let's go. Let's talk about Mooks. Mooks this year has age 30 season. So, he's still pretty young. 584 at-bats, 126 runs, 40 doubles, a triple, 39 Bomberamas, 107 ribs, 14 stolen bases, 96 walks to 107 strikeouts. That is outrageous. And to a tune of 307 batting average with an OPS of 987. Man, I, I knew he had a good year in the walk-to-strikeout category, but looking at these numbers again, wow, that's just impressive. Oh, man. You drafted him in points leagues and you were super happy with his performance. He could have, if he didn't finish in the number one spot for you, he's damn near close. Mookie Betts killed it for you in that category because he only had 11 negative points from that category. It's incredible. Uh, The only thing that is, that we've seen go away since, you know, pretty much 2019 is the stolen bases have been definitely down, but 14 is nothing to snuff, snuff about or be upset about. But, when you look at his prime years of, you know, 18, 17, and 16, and even 2015, you know, where he had 20-plus stolen bases, where it was two 26 seasons, a 30 season, and then hasn't really returned to the over 20 stolen base um, numbers. So 
that part of his game is gone, but he's still incredibly valuable. Those run numbers to those ribby numbers, and obviously those home run numbers are absolutely stellar. And the fact that he still chips in 15, uh, 15 stolen bases is still pretty spectacular. Mookie Betts is just on another level. He is incredible. He is a top five pick next year, without a doubt. Uh, it, it, there is no question. He's just Mr. Consistent, along with Freddie Freeman. I just, man, I love Mookie. And the fact that he has second base just makes him that much more enticing for next year. And before we move on and we talk about this, the rest of this Dodgers team and you know, probably spend a little less time on a couple players, I have a sponsor I need to talk about. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together over wins and losses and who starts, who sits. And I'm thankful for that connection we have. And today, I want to chat a little bit more personal. I just learned you can get a one-year supply of ED medication. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on natural disaster or supply chain issue. You're covered, my friend. You don't have to worry whether or not you can refill your generics of Cialis, Viagra, or Invifo prescriptions. And also, this... And this is possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. Go online right now to jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply of your daily medication. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for discounts as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I am thankful for this service. Uh, Supply chain issues caused me to cut the pills in half just to have my daily medication. I ordered most of my daily medications for a year supply. I also ordered that antibiotic kit. I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this for everyone. If you or someone you love get the, some peace of mind by having a year supply of this daily med meds, go to jacemedical.com to see if you if this offer is for you. Remember to use the code locked on for $20 off of your purchase. All right, guys, thank you. We have a whole bunch of great names we're going to talk about now. Let's talk about Will Smith. And I'm not talking about, you know, Will Smith from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I'm talking about Will Smith, the catcher of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, Probably the best catcher this year, in my opinion, at least, and the most consistent. Will Smith had a fantastic year with 464 at-bats, 80 runs. 21 doubles, two triples, 19 bombs, 76 ribs, three stolen bases, 63 walks to 89 strikeouts, and batted 261. I love Will Smith. He had a fantastic season. I'm going to draft him almost everywhere. I remember correctly. Let me pull it up. I have him as my number one catcher going into next year. Obviously, I have Aldi Rutschman right behind him. And if you choose to go Aldi over him, I won't blame you, truthfully. But there's a difference. This will be Aldi's, honestly, sophomore year, and there's a thing called sophomore slump, whereas Will Smith has been doing this for a few years. And quite honestly, with the team that's behind him, the benefits and the upside and the floor are all way more consistent and proven versus Aldi. So that is my breakoff of between the two. But honestly, I think Will Smith is wholeheartedly the safest pick at catcher this year. And you should be drafting him if you're one of those guys that like to go catcher. Generally, I'm not. I will rank him where I feel he needs to be ranked and where he should go and dress. But he usually does not end up on my team based off of the fact that it's just not my draft strategy, which we'll get. Excuse me. 
can get more into as we go into draft season and more in depth during this off season. So with that being said, we're going to move on. All right. We're going to talk about something sad. Now we're going to talk about Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw, unfortunately is probably not going to play next year. I believe he's getting a rotator cuff surgery or something of the sort where he's not going to be able to throw all year. So pretty much it's almost a wash season. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, please comment below and correct me if I'm, uh, you know, wrong on this, but I believe he's going to at least miss a good chunk of the season, if not almost all of it. And this is unfortunate, you know, contract is still up in the air too. I believe he's a free agent. So Clayton Kershaw, you know, I think will land on his feet and will pitch again in the MLB. Just, you know, not this year. He had a fantastic season though. Let's just, we're reviewing it. And I want to talk about the ups, not just this disappointing news of Clayton Kershaw going, going down. What the, I apologize. Come on now. All right. Apologize about that. Here we go. This year he had 131 innings pitched. He had 137 strikeouts. He had a 246 ERA with a 1063 whip. Fantastic. Oddly enough, his FIP is fielded independent pitching, which is a, a stat I like to use to get a baseline and see where they're actually pitching if they had a average defense behind us, behind him. And it was a 403, surprisingly enough, but I don't know. I mean, I look at Kershaw and I don't believe this. I mean, the dude was hurt this year. I'm sure that a couple starts kind of showed otherwise, or maybe he got a little lucky at times, but I'm not going to believe this. I'm going to give this kind of like a pass on this one. So, you know, we'll, we'll just overlook the fit number, but, you know, going into what's going on with Kershaw and whatnot. Fantastic. Honestly, before the injury news, before, you know, everything else that was going on with him, I honestly, you know, was looking at it as man, he was going to be a top 15 pitcher for me. I mean, obviously, you know, his injury would be built his injury proneness, his flanges issues would be built into the cost of his draft price. So, you know, you look at it and you go, all right, so that's why he's not like a top 10, top, top 12, just based off of the fact that, you know, he's always hurt. He's guaranteed to go down. And you know what? It is, it is what it is. I'm sorry. I'm trying to pull up the exact injury information for us. So let's see here. Undergoes shoulder surgery as he hopes to return next summer. So there is a chance he could pitch during the next year's season. But we'll see. Honestly, I'm not drafting him until later, obviously, in the drafts. And after I start seeing ADP and things like that, and where he may or may not fall in the rankings, then we can kind of talk about it. Clayton Kershaw is going to be a later draft pick. Let's move on. Let's talk about Mr. Walker Bueller. Somebody, unfortunately, did not get an opportunity to get in this year. And I'm kind of disappointed by that because I really thought he was going to make an appearance this year. You know, returning from TJ, uh, you know, he's just incredible. And Walker Bueller figured would have been a playoff darling championship winner. But sadly, he didn't make it back. But in those keeper leagues, hopefully you stashed him. And those dynasty leagues, hopefully you didn't drop him. Walker Bueller. As the upside of being the number one pitcher in all of baseball. In 2021, his last full season, he had 207 innings pitched. He had 212 strikeouts. He had a 247 ERA with 
a 0.96 whip. And his FIP, I already spoke about it, field independent pitching, was a 3.16. So he was still on par with his incredible ERA. Obviously, it was about a half, half run up, a little bit more than that. But I still buy it. Still buy it. I think the season is repeatable. If anything, I think there's another level of the strikeouts where he could take that to the next level and be well over a K per nine where we start seeing elite numbers like like a Scherzer or a Clayton Kershaw have in their prime where you know they're they'll pitch 200 innings and have 250 strikeouts like I think that is well in Walker Bueller's wheelhouse he is absolutely incredible and like I said it could be the number one pitcher in baseball when healthy so next year he's going to be in my top 10 but he's going to be lower in that like more maybe not my top 10 my top 12 right where you know he's going to have some probably a slow start right? Where he's going to have higher whip because returning from TJ, you got to gain that control again. And then on top of that, he might have a higher inflated ERA. If he leaves a couple balls hanging because of just command and things like that, just not exactly being there. But Walker Bueller, ultimately by the end of the season, the numbers will be there. So that's why I'm not ready to rank him as my top five, but probably will be in my top 12 without a doubt, just based off of the fact that he is and can be the best pitcher in baseball, and that's the upside. But anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about Mr. Max Muncy. Max Muncy, man. Oh, ups and downs of this season, but ultimately up. Let's talk about it. 482 at-bats, 95 runs, 17 doubles, a triple, 36 bombs, 105 ribs, one stolen base, 85 walks to 153 strikeouts, batting average of 212. With an OPS of 808. Now, this is... Sorry, I get a little excited with my hands when I'm doing a podcast by myself. But this is exactly what you expect from from, from Muncie, right? That 212 batting average. We all knew 2021 was not real. That 249 uh, batting average. Like, that's just not him. I just... I don't think he'll ever be there again. He sells out for power. And I'm okay with it because of the, the counting stats that come along with it. And with that team, they don't really need him to be the batting average guy. They just need him to put the ball to the bat and make it go over the fence and go for a yard. That is essentially Max, Mun- Max Muncy's deal. You know, he's he is Schwarber for the Dodgers. And I love it, man. Max Muncy, you know, one of those dudes you just got to draft and just be happy that you walked away with him. First, third, and second eligibility. Uh, I love it. You know, you can never really go wrong with Muncy. As to where I am drafting him and I have him ranked is a whole nother question. Since it's at three different spots here, let's go into it. Um, At third, I have him at 12th. And at first, actually, he does not have the eligibility at first or second anymore. Funny enough, uh, I don't know why baseball reference is displaying that. But at third, he is 12. And I think that's a fair spot. A guy that's not going to give you batting average. A guy that's going to provide a lot of counting stats in terms of, you know, essentially being a three-category contributor, which is, you know, still highly valuable, especially when you're competing against, you know, competing in categories that a lot of people usually stack up on. But before we move on, we, you know, finish out this last leg of the podcast. We have one more sponsor for you. All right, and we're back here. Now let's talk about a little bit more injury and disappointment. And let's talk about Dustin May. 
Dustin May, unfortunately, went down this season early, too. We were telling everybody to draft Dustin May, honestly, everywhere you can think of. Dustin May, man, he was primed to come out and really do his thing this year. And, oh, you know, we are just really upset with this. But anyway, let's talk about what he did in the short season this year. In 48 innings pitched, he had 34 strikeouts. He had a 2.63 ERA, and he had a width of 0.938. Now, those are all great numbers. Again, like I said, he was primed to go off and do this. So, until he hurt his elbow and he had surgery on his flexor and UCL, you know, it was going to be great. But now he's going to be out for 12 months. This was on July 19th is when I believe he got his surgery. So, you know, they're saying 12 months. What that tells me is he's probably not going to be back until about August, maybe maybe September. So he's not somebody we're drafting, not somebody we're going to be ranking really high, but somebody that, you know, I'm not going to stash in the draft. I'm not going to waste a draft pick. He's somebody that I'll do one of two things. I'm either going to add him right after the draft or I'm just going to keep an eye out, keep him on my watch list. And as we get closer to the all-star break or even a little bit before, like towards the middle or end of June, I'll add Dustin May and stash him on my IL as long as possible. And then when he returns, I'll have an instant ace added to my rotation. So Dustin May is somebody that I wanted to talk about just based off of his upside and ceiling play and somebody that, you know, you don't want to forget about. So we're going to be doing that all throughout the offseason. So stick around. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about Tony Gonsolin. You know, I really thought we were past the injuries. I really thought we were past the the garbage play, but unfortunately we weren't. Uh, it just was ugly this year, really, honestly, and I'm really disappointed. So this year he had 103 innings pitched. He had 82 strikeouts. He had a 4.98 ERA and a 1.223 WHIP with a FIP of 5.43. Like all the numbers across the board are exactly what he's doing, and it sucks. Who knows? Maybe it's uh, coming off the injury. Or maybe last year was a fluke. But, I mean, we all know that this dude is just injury prone. He is the Alberto Montesi of the pitching world. Like, it's bad. My guy just can't stay healthy. His career high is 130 innings pitch, and he's been in the big since 2019. It's really disappointing. Like, I just don't understand why, but they need to figure out something, whether it's stretching, changing his diet or something. Like, Gonsolin is just a disappointment. Next year, I'm not going to give up on him, but I'm not also going to pay a premium for him. So I can't tell you what ADP is. I don't also don't have it in front of us. It's only been 17 drafts. So like I can use it as a tool, but at the same time, like where we, there is a lot of people that if they're doing NFBC drafts, yes, they're listening to us, but you know, it's more of guys that, you know, the, for the everyday player in their home leagues where like, I kind of want to see where that influx happens and affects the the um, ADP so I can really give you a true, honest opinion on whether his draft price is too high or too little, where he becomes a value. So he may or may not be on the value list or the bus list. We shall see. Let's move on here. Let's talk about a bright spot in this lineup, and that's Mr. James Outman. James Outman had an up and down season all throughout, and – 
quite honestly, I was very surprised. But if you were with us from the beginning of this season, I put out we put out this one episode. I actually did it by myself. And I, I came up with a list for you guys of players to watch for the start of the season. And James Outman was on that list. And I scooped him up right after I saw him come out the gates hot, like a like a champion thoroughbred racehorse coming out the gates. My guy just had triple crowned on the mind and was about to go to ham. So James Outman was ready to rock. And it was a great season. Now let's talk about it because it, it was a hot and cold season as well. 483 at-bats, 86 runs, 16 doubles, 3 triples, 23 bombs, 70 ribbies, 16 stolen bases, and batted 248. I love the numbers, even though it's not like your favorite favorite display of numbers, but this show's upside for him. Now, he's not going to be somebody you're going to be running out and trying to grab everywhere, but you also don't want to forget about it either because, you know what, if he does decide to come out next year and really turn it on and do it for a full season, it could be very special. I'm going to read you off what he did in his good months and then his bad months. In April, right out the gate, he had 17 runs in 96. 96 at-bats, 17 runs, four doubles, three triples, seven home runs, 20 ribbies, four stolen bases, and he batted 292. May was ugly, a 165 average. June was ugly, a 224 average. Then July hit after the All-Star break, and he just went ham again. 68 at-bats, 14 runs, two doubles, three bombs, nine ribs, Four stolen bases, 309. August was pretty pretty good as well. 83 at-bats, 17 runs, two doubles, five bombs, 15 ribs, two stolen bases, batted 277. Now, in September, his batting average was ugly, but the stats, the counting stats, what really mattered for the playoffs was great. 90 at-bats, 17 runs, two doubles, six home runs, 11 ribs, two stolen bases, Batting average was 222, but with the other counting stats and also adding in the two stolen bases in that month, James Outman did not disappoint. James Outman was valuable. He was a, an everyday contributor throughout that month and probably thrusted you to at least um, move forward in the next round or to your championship. Outman, somebody you don't want to forget about next year. Uh, we're going to be watching him. He's going to be a draftable player, but probably around like pick 150 to 200 and probably be your, you know, outfield five or six. Um, let me see. Maybe I can get where I have him ranked currently. Let me just scroll on down. Actually, I can do this. Um, but yeah, I mean, let's see. I mean, I have him at outfield 52, which is like your cusp of your catcher four. So I just, I look at it and I go, all right, Outman is going to be somebody I'm drafting next year, and I'm going to feel comfortable walk away. And I'm probably, for me, if he's around that price, I'll probably snag him. We shall see. Well, let's move on. Let's talk about our last guy here. and Let's talk about Gavin Stone. Gavin Stone, first year in the bigs, first time getting the call, and really wasn't a great first appearance. Let's just be honest. 31 innings pitched, 22 strikeouts. A nine ERA with a 1.9 whip. Ugly. Very ugly. FIP of 664. Six, Maybe that's enticing. I don't know. 
But I look at it and I go, well, why are we talking about him, right? Well, there's a possibility he earns a rotation spot. And another reason we're talking about is he has he has performed in the minors. Okay, like we look at his stats in 2022, and my guy had 121 innings pitched. He had 168 strikeouts. He had a 148 ERA with a 1118 whip. Like those are the numbers. Like I'm not going to say that exact number for him to translate into the bigs, but the upside is there, the possibilities there, and also the talent is there for him to go and take advantage and possibly snag a rotation spot. So Gavin Stone is somebody that could provide that and could be a sneaky pick at the end of the draft. He's nowhere near going to be ranked as high. He's probably going to be one of my late round dart throws that we might be talking about. Could be the lottery pick and you could be winning the mega millions with Gavin Stone. We shall see. But I love Gavin Stone for next year just based off of the fact that he's probably going to be overlooked in a lot of leagues unless, you know, unless he just goes off in spring training and just really shows the tangibles that I think he has where he is a game changer and a fantasy lineup difference maker. So Gavin Stone ultimately could be very valuable. But with that being said, guys, I want to thank you for hanging in there and chilling out with me. I don't think Dom is going to be joining us for the rest of the week. So you'll probably see me in these same clothes and I'll be rocking out with the next two episodes right after. So see you all next week. I mean, all this week. Bye now.